are back in the football shed, your weekly pod- football podcast for fans that live in the wrong time zone and can't get their words out. My name's John Hewitt. Jeff King is here. Good day. Yeah. And Roger Gibbs is here. Hello. And we're actually in the shed this week, and hopefully we won't have any technical faults after last week. It's good to be back. Apologies to everyone that there was no shed last week. Um, it is all my fault, but I'm going to blame Rog anyway. I pressed the wrong button. <laughs> the lost tapes. The lost tapes. Yeah. On the lost tapes, you hear me really, really well, and you don't hear Rog at all. So it could have been the best <laughs> shed of all time. Yeah. Let's just put it up anyway. Yeah. So No one uh, listens to me anyway. Yeah. Um, that's true. Without listening to you, what beer are you drinking this week, Rog? Uh, oh, I don't know. Um, oh. A beatnik. Ooh, a bit like you. From uh, Fate Loves the Fearless. <laughs> uh, where's it from? It is from Hargreaves Hill Brewing Company in Yarra Glen. I oh, just nice. had a bit of a funky uh, label and um, six-pack container majoba. So I. So you're done on the packaging. Essentially, yeah. Well, I obviously look what beer. You're all was, surface, Rog. Yeah, yeah. you're all yeah. surface. Shallow. Um, Jeff, what have you got? I'm drinking Baileys today. Uh, Just straight Baileys. It's not Christmas, but it is really. (laughs) That's what the advert should say. It's not Christmas. When you said Baileys, I looked up and immediately to correct you and say, well, it's not really Baileys. It's that fake Baileys that I usually get. The original Irish cream. And I'm actually quite shocked to see a real bottle of Baileys sitting on the table. It's because it was on deal. And... (laughs) Not only was it on deal, it was only a dollar more than the tiny bottle. And I oh. thought, this is just madness, because I really wanted the tiny bottle, because it was cheaper. But then I was in a quandary, so I'm like, <laughs> like, what do I do? You know, I always go for the cheapest, which in is still the tiny bottle, but for an extra dollar to have twice as much. I mean, it yeah. was tough for me, but I got the bigger well, one. Well, do you know, in that instant, you could look underneath the price, and it will probably have the cost per milliliter. And then you could... And then I'm winning. Then you're yes. winning. Yeah, okay, good. Um, I'm not on my Audi wine today. John! I know. Shock I've horror. got a Garage Project White Mischief, which is a salted white peach sour. It's one of your favourites, isn't it? It's very good. And very good for summer. Summer has finally landed in Melbourne for two days. Um, so, yeah, it's delicious. Great. Um, so, before we start, a wee bit of admin. Um, if you want to get in contact, ask us a question... Uh, tell us we are wrong about something um, or the, something you want to talk about on The Shed. You can find us on Facebook, just search Football Shed or email us at footballshedpodcast at gmail.com. Um, also, don't forget to subscribe on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, leave us a review and tell your mates so they can also hear us talk nonsense about football. Um, and we always start with a question. Can I, can I just stop you? I'm finding it really challenging when people are... Um sending in discussion points not to just reply with my opinion incredibly quickly and aggressively <laughs> and having to wait until Wednesday night in Australia to, to, let, to let it go you have to save up all your opinions let's ruin him a week <laughs> I feel I'm, all pent up well, I'm, I'm glad we're... just write it and don't send it on yeah. that note more people send stuff in so yeah. Jeff's week gets worse Jeff. and worse yeah. <laughs> that would be excellent um, and I've got three questions Great, that's against the rules, but you can have it. Which one do you want? It's going to get a VAR. Well, how, you, we can't just say... Okay, question number two. three. You, no, question, <laughs> question three is my favourite. Well, I'm glad we came to a democratic decision there. <laughs> how many league games have Watford won in 2019? It's calendar year, not season. Three. Nope. Two? Six. They've won six. That's not very good, is it? The no. whole calendar year, they've won seven cup games. Really? So they've won more games in FA Cup, League Cup, than they've won in the league. That's a disgrace. They're, they're terrible. What do yeah. you think they're going to do? Are we going to sack their manager? Well, where else Done do they that? go? Yeah, well, I mean, tick. yeah, yeah. <laughs> just keep going. Like they, they just get the carousel out. But they, they lost to Wolves two 0 this week. Mm. They were so meek, and they just looked like having lost eight 0 last week. It wasn't like, oh, we got to bounce back and do something. And they're playing against the one other team that weren't. In the um, hadn't got a win in the Premier League yet this year, We're and you think, right, this is it, let's do something, and they just didn't bother. So, um, yeah, I mean, and because we didn't have a shed last week, we didn't really talk about the eight nil, but they they were terrible. They down tools five nil down in the first twenty minutes, whatever it was. Watford are in real, real trouble. You, you can't just keep doing what Watford do and expect everything to be fine. Troy Deeney has gotten by the scruff of the neck for the last three seasons, and he and he's getting older. Yeah. He hasn't been playing. Is he injured? Still? He's injured. Yeah. Um, and, but they've got a lot of players who are good when it's going well, 
but yeah. when it goes badly, they're just like, oh, it's and too I hard. just you sort of thought, yeah, had, had a bit of new manager bounce against Arsenal the way they sort of came back. Arsenal can be crap though, game. can't they? They can, but you sort of thought maybe there was something there to grab hold of, but to then go and lose eight nil the next game and just be like ab- abject, like they were awful, and then back that up against Wolves where they just they really didn't look like they offered anything. Like it was two nil to Wolves, but it was like. A really solid two 0 It was easy, yeah. but the thing is, I don't think Wolves were that good. No, it, 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 it was. It was interesting though. Whilst whilst we're on this game, Wolves didn't score Wolves like goals. No, like Wolves actually played a um, which is really interesting because there is a lot of conversation about Wolves. You know, they're going to be in trouble this year, or is the Europa League too much? We've done it ourselves. We've gone. You know, they've already played about thirty-seven games this season, and yeah. you know they will be all be knackered by Christmas, but. The way that they played was very different to last year's Wolves. They were playing kind of a, a patient, slow build-up play. They weren't overlapping on the counter. They were overlapping on the wings and cutting it back. It was um, it was very different. So you can see that they're actually trying to evolve their style. It's not necessarily worked. <laughs> no, it's definitely not worked. Yet. However, it is. It's a. I would be as a Wolves fan not so dismayed at my current league position. I'd be looking at that as evolution and not standing still. But they're 13th and four points off six. Yeah. So, so I just, like, I, it's a very, very even league, I think, this year, once you get outside Liverpool and Man City. And, uh, but I do worry a bit for Watford because they, they are in a little bit of danger of being cast adrift a bit. Like, if the, you know, a couple of teams above them get some wins, all of a sudden you're looking at two, three wins, and that's a... You know, if, you, if they get to Christmas at that point, I mean, the, you know, the records say that it's very, very hard to recover from that position. So Watford are struggling and the new manager may already be out. But let's look at a few, <laughs> <laughs> let's look at a few other managers that are struggling. Do you want to talk about Pochettino, Solskjaer or Marco Silva first? Pochettino, I think. Just, Pochettino. If anything, just because of the magnitude of the result this morning. So Spurs lost 7-2 to Bayern at home. No. I, I'm going to defend Spurs a bit here. Their biggest defeat at home ever in their history. Yeah, I know, and it's they conceded seven goals. But there's a little, if it's not a silver <laughs> lining, but I watched the a Marco silver lining. <laughs> Watching the highlights of the game, all seven of Bayern's goals were excellent, yeah. and they were all, <laughs> they were all. Very, very, very good finishes. And like Serge Gnabry is the best player in the world. Yeah, apparently. ex-Arsenal. Who would and when he was he was average there too. But I did actually quite like that. Like really sticking the boot in. I, you know, Arsenal training yeah. comes against four goals. But I just thought, like essentially, all the finishes were right in the corner. Lloris didn't really um, couldn't really save them. The majority of them were out from outside the box or just inside. Um, it was clinical by Bayern. You know, they were got yeah. uh, once. I think Spurs had gone. You know, three de- three behind. It, you know, they left space. I yeah. think one thing that really stood out defensively was um, Vertonghen mm. looks a bit slow playing yeah. in that centre back position, and I don't think Spurs are getting shielding at the moment from their defensive three, and so it just was all was all a bit open. But I just, I think, my, my, yeah, I just, I just think it's worth. And Sun had a few chances early on. You know, could have scored yeah. perhaps a couple before he got his first goal. It's just, it's just not a defence. No. We shipped seven goals, but they were all really no, good. I just, I just feel like <laughs> well, a imagine little, the manager coming out. I suppose. What am I saying? I don't. <laughs> I don't think Spurs were very good, but I don't think this was a seven-two game. I think there's, I do think there's a bigger problem at Spurs that they lost seven-two, and when it was four-two, they were in it. They because they went four-one down. Harry Kane gets a penalty, goes back to four-two, and they're in it. And that's the time where you go, go for it. And last year in Europe, they went down a few times and they came back. There is a lack of desire and passion there. There's something's not quite right at Spurs, and I wonder whether it's the end of this Pochettino cycle. He's been there six years, which it means he's the fourth longest serving manager in the whole of the UK. So that's a long time. And a lot of those players have been there the whole way through. There's not been new players coming in, so it's not been refreshed. Like, is it come to the end of its cycle? It absolutely has. So, yeah, sorry yeah, yeah. If, if that sounds too definitive. but yeah. And we were talking about it in the summer. We were talking about it six months ago. That... Not bringing in players. It's not about refreshing your team. It's about making your team play better. 
Like if you bring in a player, there's pressure this, on each individual. It's exactly right. You yeah. you bring in a player who's the same caliber of player you already have. It makes the caliber of player you already have have to perform at the top level every week because they know that there's someone over their shoulder. Spurs didn't do that for three transfer windows. That's a, that's a year and a half's worth of not refreshing, which means they're not actually putting pressure on their players. So so to get round that without kind of a more old school, you're going to lose your job unless you perform kind of pressure. They had the put your arm around the shoulder and make sure everyone loves each other and everyone has a great time kind of pressure. But there is a certain point where if you don't convert that arm around the shoulder into tough love kind of pressure, it can't go on forever. If you're constantly getting a pat on the back going, oh, you got you guys were great. Yeah, we'll do it again next week. We'll do it again. You're eventually going to just see through it. You see very you know, managers in high-profile jobs who really kind of come unstuck like that. Look at Martinez. Yeah. You, come, you can only have a positive effect by managing like that well, for a certain amount of time. Um, Arsene Wenger. Yeah, without having the, the balance of the old-school kind of pressure. You need the perfect balance of two. I used to think Pochettino had it, but but I, I'm, I'm doubting it now. Well, I, I think part of it as well is that I don't... I think part of it is Pochettino in this. I mean, I think certainly part of it is the players. Like we talked about, that. I think a really good example of it is the fullback positions and when Spurs were good, you know, they had interchangeable fullbacks on both sides, you know, and they're a big part of the way they play. Whereas this year, you know, Aurier had a mare at the weekend, got sent off, and yet they have to start him again in the Champions League. He's had another mare, but they don't really have any other options. So there's definitely player aspects there and not refreshing your squad. But I think... Last year they got away with having a thin squad a bit, partly because they all bought into Pochettino yeah. and he had he had them playing, you know, playing for him. And I just wonder this year. I just feel like there was obviously the talk about him going. Something's not quite right with him, and his if he's not in a hundred percent, it's very hard to get his players to buy in a hundred percent. And I just. I just sort of feel like he's, do you know what I mean? Like he's not completely there. Like, yeah, I am. Um, so, I mean, how much do you put on him? We got a question from Dom on Facebook asking kind of this very question. Um, and I'm going to preface this. Dom's an Arsenal fan. So he's probably a little bit biased. Um, but he would say, he was saying, is Pochettino actually any good? Or could the same group of players do just as well under Martin Yole, Harry Redknapp, or even Villas Boas? Okay. I mean, he's Current really group of players. Yeah, he's he's painted Villas Boas and Martin Yol in a pretty good light. There. Yeah, I <laughs> yes. mean, and the ha- thing is, Harry Redknapp started the you, Spurs getting good. Yeah, well, started the interchangeable fullback, started the counter-attacking style, really upped the caliber of player. So, um, who's that bloke that um ah. Oh, Gareth Bale? No, not Gareth Bale. <laughs> uh, uh, the um, player manager Van der Vaart. Oh yeah, Raphael, Raphael Van der That was the point, in my opinion, when the the caliber of player that Spurs could attract, but just went up that one yeah, it run. It, he came you from know? Real Madrid to Spurs, and everyone went, "Ooh, that yeah. doesn't happen." And he before. was good. It's not yeah. like he did it at the like you know it was he had a good six later weeks. in his career. Yeah. He, he was a very very good player, and I, and I I think Harry Redknapp's got a lot to to take credit for when it comes to what's happened to this Spurs side. They obviously needed more tactics than Harry Redknapp. Harry Redknapp is a is an old manager. With old way, he still goes to get fish and chips out of a newspaper. You know, no, he's that kind of bloke. Yep. So it needed a modern touch, and Pochino was the perfect touch. But perhaps having been there six years, the remnants of the kind of, as I say, the stick mentality of, of management that Harry Redknapp instilled is gone. What do you think? Because you you love Poch, so I do I'd love be interested Poch. to get your take on. Is he is he just tired? Or, you know, needs a change? What's the... Yeah, I think, like, I put Spurs to win the league this year. I probably... Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's talk I, more about I, that. I think I'm going to be wrong. Um, I think it's run its course. I think what he planned to happen in the summer was a big overhaul. It was like, I'm going to rebuild my team. I'm going to start again. And if I'm going to stay here, we're going to start again and do this whole thing differently and refreshed. He's ended up with three or four guys who are in the last year of their contract who don't want to be there, who are going to leave next year. He's brought in three players, two of which have been injured since they've got there, Sessignon and Lo Celso. Which you can't underestimate, I don't think. No. Um, and I do think... here they sold, same... sold his backup plan. His backup plan yeah. in the Champions League last year was throw it up to the big man. Yeah. Big man's gone. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think they... Um... Oh, I've lost my train of Sorry. thought now. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, it's all Poch's fault. It's all Poch's fault. No, I've completely lost it. Players what? gone, uh, I, I, injuries. 
Well, I'll tell you what I think was the, the catalyst for all of this going wrong. Have you seen that there is a Spurs, official Spurs book that came out this year? No. No? no? Yeah. To coincide with the stadium and stuff. Do, do you know what it's called? No. One Step from Glory. Oh, God. Yeah, they are one step away. <laughs> a tw- 224-page book has been published documenting Tottenham's run to the Champions League final. Oh, yeah. Don't celebrate coming That's second. Now, no. if you are any player worth worth playing at that calibre oh, and no. a book comes out about how you lost the Champions League final, I'd be pretty shitty about that. Yeah. And I, I remember what I was going to say. It was around the the same voice gets tired after a while. So if you... In Pochettino is famously, he like watches, has video cameras everywhere. It's and watch, very, very intense. And watches their body language and tells them like, if Deli Ali walks in the front door in the morning, he's like, you weren't looking like you were on it this morning. And if that can get tiring like that's fine for a bit but after five six years of the same thing you're like oh just i need a break well look at Mourinho. like that's what yeah exactly yeah, so players so get sick of hearing him yeah so i think it just needs a refresh i think they're bored of him he's bored of them and they just kind of so wanna... he should go to man united is that what you're saying kind of yeah <laughs> well, so let's look at the result they had this week right they beat southampton right yeah with 10 men with, with 10 men so you would you would think that's a good that's a good game you know good result um it was a bit they, scratchy it was very scratchy Southampton played better Southampton were on top and Harry Kane mm. like is there a worse excellent goal than that <laughs> it was like an his, awful first his touch. first touch was like like it was a balloon yeah and his second touch was a scuff but it was at the end of this flowing beautiful <laughs> move and I mean if you were to describe it without saying balloon and scuff yeah it's beautiful. You know, yeah. like he, his first Great. touch takes it away from the defender yeah. and then he side puts it into the reverse bottom corner. It's amazing. But when you watch it, you're like, you fucking lucky bastard. Yeah. Like, you, yeah. he's you been doing that for five years. He's though. consistently a, yeah. a complete overachieving lucky bastard. He scores 25 <laughs> lucky goals every year. <laughs> so, I think it's the end of Pochettino, maybe at Spurs, um, and it, with the beginning of the end or whatever. I'm intrigued to see what happens to Harry Kane in the post-Pochettino years. Like, does he stay and is he still as good or does he go somewhere else? Like, I think Kane could go to Real Madrid, say, and he takes over Benzema as the main striker at Real Madrid and he could be brilliant. He could also be Michael Owen. Like, he could go there and actually be crap and everyone goes, ooh, you're not that good, are you? And I, well, I, I, don't, I, don't I just don't know. Would. I just think he's done it for that long now. I still think of him as a one-season wonder, and then you look, and it's like, you know, five or six seasons of 20-plus yeah. goals. And he's quite. A, he's a smart footballer. Like, his link-up play is good, and he can drop off and do those other bits of his game. I think wherever he plays, he'll score goals. He's Take, just got that hunger to score goals. Takes the best penalties I've seen consistently Yes. I'm not going to say ever, but it's it's up there. It's pretty, it's pretty special. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's move on to another manager that's doing terribly. Solskjaer or Silva? Oh, you you or me, John? Let's go Solskjaer. 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 Worst Manchester United start in 30 years. Full stop. And that that's... season they finished 13th. Yeah. Oh, I would love that. Wow. Is that 90? That'd be 89, 90. Yeah. When we won the FA Cup. Yeah. And it was. The... Oh, there it is. There was a bit of glory <laughs> there, wasn't there? We won the FA Cup. Lee Martin scored the winner in the replay when they had replays. <laughs> um, um, it's like it's a mess. The Man United Arsenal game was possibly one of the worst games of football I've ever seen, and not because it was like defensive or anything. They just weren't very good. Although there weren't any shots. No. Like no one had a shot for like 20 minutes. It looked like you were watching school kids play in a lot of rain and go, oh, it's a bit wet. I don't want to go out at playtime. It's too wet. I don't want to play. And it was terrible. The only fun thing in it was David Luiz's hair. Because his hair's usually massive, because it rained so much, it just went really flat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like a wet, drowned wet cat. Yeah. yeah. He's actually bald, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, it's he just hides it with his hair. <laughs> really if you know what I mean. Uh, McTominay's goal was good. McTominay's goal was good. That whole, that whole and, and patch of play was good. Yeah. Uh, finish was very good as well. Yeah. But other than that, like, it's kind of, I feel like it was a bit of a game where the highlights mask how crap it was. Because you watch the highlights and you're like, oh, you know, there were a few opportunities and you know a couple of decent goals, but then you realise actually those were the only things that happened in the entire game. The in amount, a three-minute highlight reel. The amount of time that the ball was just given away, or just they pass it around for a bit, and then went, oh, we'll just give it to the other teams. We don't know what to do anymore. And then you pass it around for a bit. It was just 
lacklustre and there was no drive, there was no creativity. And you look at the Man United front four, you had Rashford up front, who was not fit. Like, why are you playing Rashford? He's not fit. Play Mason Greenwood that everyone's been shouting about um, and is eager for it. Chuck him in the big game. Jesse Lingard has never been good but has had his good moments, is getting worse and worse by the week. You're relying on him for creativity. Exactly. Never been creative. The other person we have in the team that started the last three in a row is Pereira, who's 24 and never been good. Who is he? Like, where is he suddenly, he's suddenly <laughs> playing every week? And I'm like, this guy is crap. Where is he? Like, have they been hiding him in a cupboard somewhere? And they're like, oh, we're a bit thin on the ground. Come on, Pereira, have a go. And he's rubbish. We've had him, like, since he was a kid, since he was, like, 14. And he's been out on loan to Spain loads and various places. Never done well on loan. And now he starts for Man United every week. Like, I tell you, the, crap. the thing that really highlights your chaos is that, in my opinion, man of the match was when Fred came on. Yeah. A Fred. Wow. Uh, yeah. He did something. What? Yeah. And Fred is a player who isn't a defensive midfielder, isn't an attacking midfielder, isn't a number 10. Yeah. He's not anything. And he was still the best player. You're on crying the out for like Jordi Cruyff or Bebe to come back and rescue you. Carol Paborski. But and and the other person in the front four was Daniel James, who's our best player at the moment, who is a 21 year old who runs really fast and doesn't really have anything. We else. talked about this on the lost tapes as well. In that, I mean, he was brought in as a bit of a punt. You know, mm. he had done well in the championship, but hasn't actually played very many games of football. Mm. You know, he's he's relatively inexperienced, but he has almost come to United and become like the key player, which, which first is first man on the team which, sheet. Which is, I just think, so worrying. It's an indictment on your squad, and I just I look at that United team, and then I look at what you've got on the bench, and I'm like, it is crap. It's like there is just the lack of quality. I'm like, how can you spend so much money? And that is the team you're putting up. One of the other questions I had for the start of the pod today, Jeff, was the same questions we had last week, because I thought it was a fascinating one. So I'll ask you now. How much money have Man United spent on players since Fergie left United? I'd say it was close to a billion. £892 million. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah, £892 million. And if you look at the squads, you go, mid-table? Yeah, and you're looking at your kids that you got for free. That Barrera, are the ones that are Barrera was Barrera, Barrera, yeah. Um, but yeah, you, you know, last week United announced record ever turnover. They're making more money yeah. than they ever have. Yeah. This is the problem. No. No, this isn't the problem. No, no. Well, this is the, the problem. They did. This is where I think things might get a little bit dire. And I must, I rub my hands when I read this. They did <laughs> indeed have a record turnover, but they made a significant loss. Ah, now okay. they actually, for one of the first times in forever, yes, their turnover went up, but they they made a loss. And if, I think what the, the article was in, it, it, essentially insinuating that what is happening on the pitch is beginning to have an effect in terms of some of their revenue streams, then they are losing some of that, you know, marketability. Um, and if that continues there in real strife but then you, your your solution will not be a footballing solution your no, solution be one, will yeah. be a marketing one which means that you will be getting it's Latin I don't know, back. it gets Latan back yeah exactly. and, and that's the and problem he's 37 years old it's yeah. it's decisions like that that have got you here and it's decisions like that that will be made again well i was going to say the decision i always said last year we should never give Solskjaer a job like even if he won every game until the end of the season i said do not give him the job because it's too romantic and romantic doesn't work in football or business and man united is a football business <laughs> so don't do romantic mm. and so it's not going to work we know it's not going to work he's there he's a dead man walking and it's just now how long um they can hold on to their pride to go oh no we did make the right decision until they get rid of him when they get rid of him which it is a when who do they get in? And is it Pochettino? Is it Max Allegri, who's apparently learning English? To... And when are they going to do it? No. Because if it's when Christmas, do do it? who's available? And then when you bring them in, how long have they got? Like, if you bring in Pochettino, you need to give them five years. But then, if it's bad after two years, do you still stick with it? And you're in this just, cycle. We've just discussed how Pochettino's hit his life cycle. That You know, Caddy has he taken Spurs as far as he can take them. So what? let's say you gave this Manchester United squad to Pochettino. 
they will be more organized. They will be perhaps more disciplined. They won't feel as good about themselves, which is probably the only thing dragging them through games. I, I don't think he's the man for the job. I actually think that's a mismatch. You know, the, yeah, I, don't, okay. I don't see you getting much better with Pochettino in charge. Not unless United don't pull the trigger for three years. And, and I don't yeah. see that happening either. I see Solskjaer getting the sack as soon as it's... Because uh, it'll be a... Sorry, it's really insulting. But yeah. I see Solskjaer getting the sack as soon as it's mathematically impossible to get to the Champions League, just like they did no, with David Moyes. It happens every year, John yeah. mentioned And, and then so. as soon as... On the on the lost tape. Uh, <laughs> I'll stop going on about last week. Great pod, everyone. <laughs> well, it's, it's good that we share, we share an opinion. I, I think that he'll get the sack as soon as it's mathematically impossible to get the Champions League. An ex... Man United legend. <laughs> we'll, 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 oh, we've been here somewhere before. We'll, we'll get the job for the, last, for the last seven, eight games of the season. He'll win six of them, maybe seven. In the, There'll be big uproar going, oh, give him the job. You know, like, he understands the club. He's, he's got an ear to Fergie. He's the man. And then they'll give him the job in the summer, two weeks you know, before the start of the season. Transfer window's already half dead. Do you really and they'll think be sacked by Christmas. All, all jokes aside, do you think that that's... Cause I, I think what's really difficult here for United is they went they went Moyes, the chosen one, the anointed mm. one or whatever, which was supposed to be the long-term plan. Then they panicked and they're like, shit, we need success now. So we'll go high-profile managers to bring us immediate success. And then they've gone, oh, hold on, that's not really working because, yeah, we're doing okay, but we're playing um, horrible football and everyone hates us. Uh, let's go back the other way and go to a younger manager but knows what used to be good about United but you've kind of reached the end of that now. So now where do you go? Do you go no. back to the instant success? It will be a caretaker. Go, like, it's got to, I think it, you have to stick with a younger manager, whoever it is, and you have to go five-year plan because you are, whether you like it or not, United are five years away minimum from yes. being a legitimate challenger. So why not do it? It will be a caretaker. It will be gigs or skulls. But then if you're going to do a five-year plan, you've got to get the right person in yeah. and you've got to have a whole structure above it that's on board for the yeah. whole thing. And if you look at Liverpool, for they haven't won the league in 30-odd years or whatever, and they went through a good... went After the eight, 70s, 80s, when they were brilliant, like Man United have been for the last 20 years, it took them 10, 15 years to actually suss it out. They went through various owners, various different styles of play, different managers. Oh, no, we'll buy all these young guys. Oh, no, we'll do this. And they you, have to completely, you have to start again. The, yeah. the difference is you're starting again from a very solid financial grounding. You have a foundation that is a, is a world-renowned football club. So all of the hard things to do, like the glass ceiling is Man United. Mm. It's just you've fallen from grace. Yeah. However, you still exist as a, as a representative of that glass ceiling. You know, Clubs can win the league you know, four out of five years and still not be Man United. You are, you are there, and, and, and that club will always remain there until... Which isn't you know, fair, really. Well, it's not, but all that means is you've got to fix the football. Yeah. You know, the rest of the stuff other clubs aspire to, you don't have to put any effort into at all, which is why it's probably so infuriating, because they have every head start known to man, and yet the football is so crap. But the football's also crap, but you say you've got to just fix the football... But there is background stuff that yeah, needs fixing. You need to restructure the background. The stuff. background, but is also Woodward, the like you know Woodward's a money man, so you're doing great yeah. on that. But he's not a football man. No, and also, but when you say background stuff, the stadium's falling apart. Like the stadium's not been done up in 15 years, and literally no one's painted it, no one's cleaned it. Your own like, kids are sending. Oh, sorry, your own players are sending their kids. To Manchester City's academy. Yes, because the academy's crap, the training ground's crap. Like, there's been no investment. Like, we have all this turnover or whatever. There's actually been no investment in the infrastructure. And you look at clubs all over the Premier League, they have state-of-the-art training facilities, state-of-the-art stadiums, and they're improving them constantly. We've dropped all that. We're just sitting on the fact that we're Man United. Um, mm. And it's like, you know when you go to a... If ever you've been on holiday and it's like it's a four star hotel and it's it's five star hotel but it's not been decorated since 1967 yeah, and you're like yeah, oh yeah. it's smelly and old and gross that's what my night so is looking like. So here's the thing for you. So, so you said um, <laughs> right. It makes me so happy. You asked me how since Fergie how much Manchester United have spent on players. Mm. Now currently in the current transfer market, do you know how much Man City squad is worth? About a billion. About a billion. Just yeah. over a billion. Yeah. So, so in theory, so you you should not. But that they haven't spent a billion on on mm. on players. They've spent less than that. Mm. That's how much they're worth. So they are achieving and performing at a higher level than they were bought at. 
your players have consistently... I say you. It's not you, John. It's not your fault. <laughs> it's all they've been bought at peak and then... Bought at peak and deteriorated. Yeah. So, so the United squad will be 300 million less than the, the City squad in, Maguire's in value. Maguire's I don't see... This will be Maguire's highest ever transfer. He's already worth less than 70 million. Yeah. yeah. Whereas like Van Dyke, yes, he got bought for 75, but you could see him going for 200. 120 yeah. or something. It's, Let's... Um, I've got... Sorry, before we move okay. on, just on... The, I've got some stats to uh, support that thing. So the in terms of your losing money, um, it was just that the, yes, record revenues of 627 million, yeah. uh, but the share price has fallen 36% since its peak at the end of August last year. Wowzers. So that's, that is that, huge. That's significant. So yeah. I, I just, something... If the money starts going bad as well, or I think that is what it will take for the alarm bells to ring. Like if you combine that with, you mm. know, struggling to get Champions League, that's when you get a significant change and you might see someone like Woodward going. But yeah. is it so when you um when you try and um couple uh finance and football. So I don't mean in the buying and the selling of players or the or the investing. I mean when you look at share prices. So yeah. you look at the stock market, international stock markets and trading, then you look at football. So stock markets are not only based upon things that you're in control of, they're based on the perception of things. So you know inside of trading you can you can you can give off a, a, a great story about something and the share price will go up and then that won't be real it'll be bubble it will burst the perception of a stock is often just as important as the true value of a stock the perception of manchester united right now is it's in a mess now for any stock to lose 30 percent in less than a year august yeah, last year a year, a year and a bit yeah that's 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 alarm bells. And if you were just an investor and you weren't actually looking at the football, you think, I should have got out six months ago. I'm going to get out now because it's on a downward spiral. And the perception of that stock will be it's lost that much, so get out. The more people that actually get out, the lower that stock goes. It's the whole thing. Yeah. So unless United make a footballing change to improve the perception of their club, the stocks will continue to tumble, which means that they need to make... And, and this is why you shouldn't couple these things up. It doesn't make sense because <laughs> you shouldn't be making football decisions off, off the back of a stock, stock market. market. Yeah. Yeah. But then you shouldn't make a football decision on a romantic feeling either. So you shouldn't hire Solskjaer. But the romantic feeling would have boomed the the stock market because his first however many games would be like oh my god this guy's a he's in ferguson's ear like the the share price would have gone up on the hope because it's the perception it's ridiculous that these two things are when football is a is black and white i I know it's we we can debate it we debate it every week we record ourselves debating it we love it but it's black and white when you score more goals you win yeah stock market doesn't work like that no um, let's move off May night because it's too depressing. Yeah, my turn. Everton. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, so Marco Silva has lost his last three games. I've written two down here, but it's three. You confidently reassure me that yeah, it's actually correct, three. Yeah, correct, um, What does a Marco Silva team actually do? Like, you've had Marco Silva for over a year now. Could you tell me what a Marco Silva team looks like? Well, they consistently lose games they should win. Good. And they consistently overachieve in games they should lose. And don't know how to defend set pieces. <laughs> well, uh, okay. Oh, oh, let me correct the misconception here. They don't know how to defend set pieces, but Manchester City are worse. Manchester City yes. have conceded more set pieces, no, more goals by set pieces than, than Everton. I, I think that was an easy one to latch onto when Everton were conceding a lot of set yeah. pieces. A Marco Silva team is... Uh, it's a one-touch passing team, but it's not a team like Manchester City. So they don't... Um, More they don't, direct, do you mean? Or? Yeah, it, it is direct, but they they overlap. They play it back to source. Uh, they play lines. So they don't play triangles. They play lines. They often stand in a line, go back to source, then go to that third player. So you can see if it gets played through the middle of the park, Sigerson doesn't look for the triangle. It's not like a 1980s Liverpool pass and move. It goes, you know, if, if you're looking at... Gomez, you, you can watch this stuff. Look at Gomez play it to Sigerson. Sigerson will play it back to Gomez. Then Gomez will play a ball through to Richarlison, who's in front of Sigerson. It, it constantly goes in those in those direct lines. Problem is, when you play against two defensive midfielders, those direct lines are completely cut out, which means you rely on wingers. When you rely on wingers, Everton's wingers are not productive enough, which is why the most chances for Everton comes from Lucas Dignac. 
Yeah, well. because he's an overlapping wing back, which is when your wingers aren't productive enough, your your wing backs play the same lines that you do in the center of the park. But they do it on on the and edge. Coleman as well. I mean, on the other side, he's he's he's, yeah. he's always a shining light, even though he's a, he's a right back. So your right back and your left back are the most productive because if you chop out those lines, the team doesn't know how to play triangles. They they transfer play quickly from back to to forward. So so they're constantly looking for that outlet ball, but. I say that like this is all positive. It's not. It's really, really frustrating. Um, oh, and what what I don't like even more to not to to keep complaining yeah. is that there's Everton have lost three games in a row, right? But they're getting plaudits for losing three one at Manchester City. Now, I did think. I mean, I thought you did actually play a little bit better at the weekend though than the the previous two defeats. What do you? Think about that. I, I agree. We played a bit better, but you still lost three. Still lost three one. Yeah, this, like, is, this is the thing. Like you know, people are the the perception. But it is Man City, been, and I know that's an easy thing oh, to say. Lord, but come on, but, like what a what a terrible world that, that we're going to get at least three one. But it's okay. It's Man City. At least we didn't lose five one. Like what is that? But Man City are a lot better than Everton. Although it, last season Everton beat. You, you, what was the run at the end of the season? Beat, beat Spurs, beat Manchester United, beat Arsenal. Chelsea, beat Arsenal. It, it, there's no reason why Everton shouldn't look at a home game against Man City. No, again. true. We should do something I think about we're a chance. Yeah. So, so the, the I'm almost patronised by the by the rhetoric this week. Going, oh, it's bought Silver some time. Losing three one has bought you some time. Actually, fuck off. He lost three one, and that. But yes, I mean, I've got it, great but, goalkeeping performance from Manchester City. Yeah, Edison made some very important early saves. Um, from Calvert Lewin in particular, correct? Like, yeah, and you know that football is fine margins, and and Myers had the game of his life. That just oh, the game is. Do you know set uh, seventeen? Been involved in seventeen goals in his last seventeen games. Myers is wow. The man, the man City flop. <laughs> but, okay, flop and year. and I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep flip flopping yeah, yeah, on, on my reactions here because um because I'm I'm a I'm a cessed pit of emotion. This yes. football season, I find it hard to enjoy football whenever in a like this. It really does affect yeah. me. Um, They've been but, one of the less enjoyable teams this year. It's horrible just, to watch. Yeah, yeah. really. Uh, but Everton had more shots on target against Man City than Man City have conceded in the Guardiola era. Say that again. Well, that's a good stat. Everton have had more shots on target that game yeah. than Manchester City had conceded in a single game in the whole Guardiola era. Yeah, okay. Well. Now, that implies that Everton quite well. well. But they lost 3-1. This is this so this is this is what a Marco Silva team does. Yeah. It can it can do that. You know the the game against Sheffield United that was two 0 Sheffield United. Everton had seventeen shots. Sheffield United had two, and only one on target. But we scored one of their goals for them. Yeah. That's a Marco Silva. Like, it's so important. But were you creating good chances or were you just having? Oh, no, they they were well placed to nullify the effect of our chances because they don't play triangles; they play in a straight line. So you've lost three in a row. If you could think of any game you wouldn't want to play next week when you need to get away a win, would it be away at Burnley? Oh Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> it's the op- what we want right now is to play away at Norwich. Yeah, you know, yeah. To, to play a team that that is so sure of their own style that, yeah. that they will go out and actually let us play in a straight line, yeah. please. But actually, away at Burnley, it's a tough place to go when you're when you're not being dynamic enough. You know, you yeah. have to unlock Burnley. Do you think Sigurdsson's a year too old? Yeah, he. He's... I feel like because the bit I've watched of Everton this year, Sigurdsson's looks half a yard slow. He's not kind of creating anything. He hasn't. I don't think he's scored a goal yet this year. He's just not the number ten that he was. And once you lose that bit of creativity, it suddenly makes everything a lot harder. Particularly when the play's still going through him, and at the moment, play is. play is going through him, and then everything slows down. And Everton are trying to be dynamic and play. You know, sometimes go direct because someone like Richarlison needs it direct. Yeah, uh, Moasi Ken needs it direct. Like some of your more attacking weapons are at their best when you know they get an early opportunity, whereas at the moment it goes to Sigurdsson and he's like he's slows tre- it down. treading water. Yeah, it slows down. And um, Awobi changed the games when he played in that number ten position. He can do a very good job in that number ten position, and I think that he's the next player mm. to, to get that mantle. But Sigurdsson's captain. Uh, that's what, what happens when uh, between Coleman and Sigurdsson. Wow. Um, but the, you know, a few weeks ago, John on the shed, you brought up a point about whether Guardiola is um, is a bit of a dickhead. Yeah, well, I said he when he loses to te- when he beats teams seven nil, 
he condescendingly goes, oh no, it's when he lost, they lost to Norwich. And then he condescendingly kind of press conference goes, oh, Norwich are really good. Yeah. I think yeah. they're brilliant, aren't they? I love the way they play. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's shut up. stuck with me, right? Yeah. So I, I've been like looking at him with a new lens. Yeah. I can't believe it. You've opened my eyes. <laughs> I So the stuff that he said Were about Everton after this game. That? You've well, not exactly I, been a Pep and Man City machine No, but, but I didn't realise he was such a petulant arsewipe. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what he said after the Goodison game, he said... Talk, being asked about Goodison Park he said absolutely outstanding Goodison Park it's always difficult in this stadium we have a lot of problems to control our left side because they had Sigerson in there Calvert-Lewin is the best header of the footballer I've ever seen <laughs> <laughs> are just, you kidding me? it's just bollocks isn't it? like he, he's saying that Calvert what? And, and did you see this morning so they one in the Champions League this morning, 2-0, I think. Efficiently, yeah. Um, and Phil Foden came off the bench and scored. And he came off the bench in the 91st minute. And he was asked in the press conference afterwards, why is Phil Foden not playing? Why is he not getting minutes? And he said something along the lines of, like, oh, it upsets me so much he doesn't get minutes. And I say sorry to him every time. And it's really upsetting. Oh. Like... Just give him minutes then. Yeah, give him minutes. Like, what are you doing? It's just, yeah, I'm, no, I'm a little bit bored. Of I don't want to. Um, I don't want to get off this game without highlighting Kevin De Bruyne's assist for the first goal. Yeah. Is just Again. magical, <laughs> absolutely magical. Like, if you are just getting into football, yeah. watch that. It's succulent. I just did hear somewhere out someone who knows more about football than me say, which made a very good point that. He does pick up this position that's kind of halfway in between... It's like ten and a half. Yeah, well, no, more on the right-hand side, where he crosses this ball in, he's not a right winger, and he's not a centre midfielder, and then the full-back doesn't know whether to come, the centre-back doesn't know, and the yeah. defensive midfielder doesn't... So he kind of ends up in this little pocket of space. It's not a legitimate number 10 position. And he just pings it first time, every is, time. It it's o- brilliant. It only works if you can do something from that position... Usually, yeah. if, you, not if, many players if you're a number 10 yeah. and you find yourself in that position, you're looking for someone else to pass it to. I, yeah. I don't mean like he didn't pass it. Of course, he yeah. passed it. But that you're little... looking for someone else to get you out of that awkward yeah. pocket. And actually, without even thinking, he just whips in a ball that's just yeah, that's incredible. A very, it's a very, very difficult skill to be yeah. able to to produce that pass from that position. And we've seen him do it like t- twice in two weeks. Uh, before we go off Everton, just last time we brought brought them up, like this and we are you know earlier in the season we talked about silver you backed him you still back silver now oh um yes and i think when you say do i back him uh, i'll talk for the football club the football club will back him yeah Yeah. i'm not saying whether i think he's the man for the job i don't think changing manager is the right thing to do jose Mourinho sat there he's a bit streaky i just think he's one that seems to be a manager that it's a bit, bit like Pardew. Oh. <laughs> oh, I'll win 15 in a row, then yeah. lose 20. I just, I, I don't think the club will change. And I, I think because he has a very good relationship with Marcel Brands. Marcel Brands is like, for those who don't know, he's the director of football at Everton. He is a god amongst men when it comes to how he runs his football club. In fact, if Manchester United had him, you wouldn't be in the spot you're in now. And I think he and Silva see things in the same way. Um, Silva is good at developing young players. Mm. I'm not sure he's proven at making good players better. I think he makes bad players believe in themselves. Yeah, okay. Um, let's move on. Um, we're running short of time, so let's move on to the new top four chase. And I've called it the new top four chase because there's loads of new teams in there and it's exciting. Um, Leicester are brilliant. Leicester smashed Newcastle 5-0. They're just amazing. Like I think me predicting them coming fourth was better than my Tottenham prediction. Um, but I can't see them not coming in the top four at the moment. They look excellent. They're playing very, particularly at home. They're they're great to watch. They're playing really, really attacking football at home. They've got a lot of exciting players. They've got Kante Mark II in Ndidi that lets them play like this because yeah. he, he just shields that back four really well. I really, really rate their young Turkish um, centre-back. Yeah. Uh, Sunchu. Sunchu, um, yeah. Like, I think he looks like a player. They can play football. It looks better than it, a guy called Harry Maguire. It does. His, his cross for the fifth goal. And I just was like, that's your centre-back crossing that in like he's he can actually play football and the other thing I look at with Leicester they've actually got a bit of a squad too they've got the ability to play enough players to play in 
slightly different ways to change change the way that they're playing. Um, you know, some squad depth in key positions like Chowdhury's coming off the bench and we've talked about him, you know, playing well. Albrighton still does a job when he comes on and he's coming off the bench. Yeah. Harvey Barnes has been good. Like I just think there's it's not just about when they won the title, it was essentially they just had a dream run, but it was mm. basically 11 players played every week. Yeah, and it, never, no injuries. And it just worked and they got on this roll and it just kept going and going and going. I actually think their squad's probably better now. It's a more Definitely. complete squad. Agree, then, yeah. I don't, I'm not saying they're going to go on a run like that, but I just actually, I, and I give Rogers some credit because I think it's, you know, it's not just the way that they're playing, it's, it's building that squad there and I don't, again, John, we talked about it last week, but, there's a bit of me that thinks that Leicester might be the real deal, even if they don't make the top four this year, but in terms of moving up into that... A mainstay. A, yeah, a bit of a vacuum that's been created by some of these traditional um, top four teams not doing so well. Yeah. You can genuinely see Leicester you know, becoming one of those top four teams. And if Leicester get top four this year... And say next year, you do it two years in a row, that suddenly whole changes your whole outlook. Because in your Champions League one year, you bring in slightly higher value players, slightly better players, and then you do it again. People go, oh, this is a Champions League club now, and you start creating and momentum. You know, I know this is going to sound like a weird thing to say, but what was disappointing last time when they won the league and they were in the <laughs> Champions League was that they won the league, which meant that they were seeded. And they got a really crummy Champions League group. It was like Hamburg. Oh, and, that's right. Yeah. You know, it, yeah. it wasn't... There were no romance ties. Yeah, no romance ties. They had a good run, though. They got yeah, they, they, yeah, they, they got past their group. And, but when you scrape top four, you, you get an away day at Bayern Munich, an away day at Real Madrid. And, and that, for your, yeah. you know, for your presence globally, is really important. So when it comes to them staying, I think the fact that Man City and Liverpool are where they are means that if Leicester do get top four, they'll be in a position to be in a more... Period, a larger period of romance in next year's Champions League, which can only be good for their stature. Um, yeah. My favourite bit of this game uh, also made me feel a bit old. Uh, Ricardo Pereira, the right back, yeah. um, first goal, brilliant. Love that yeah. one-two and rampaging right back. And if you just squinted a bit, it could be Lillian Turam. <laughs> just the way that this goal was scored. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. I just. I, Turam is without doubt oh, one of the best right backs I've seen, and I, he's he's been good a few weeks in a row now. And I, um... if you want to feel really old, Lillian Turam's son plays in the Bundesliga. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, they did it without Madison too. Just want to say, and he's oh, been yes. their talisman. So good on him. And Newcastle were not very good in that game, losing five nil. Steve Bruce cancelled training. Do you know? Sorry, what? He cancelled training. Cancelled training the following day because he was so angry, and he gave him the old-fashioned hair dryer treatment. Also. No one knows what he's talking about and he can't coach, so I don't think they're really missing anything with training. But what I really hated was he talked about surrender and he was bringing in like Brexit rhetoric to it. And I bet he's a bloody leave voter, in my opinion. And I just, you know, surrender. Just the language and I'm just yeah. like, go away. Steve this, this, is, this is the problem. The thing they need is training. Yeah, but not, like, from, like, 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 but like, not from Steve Bruce. Because they all, there is, this will not go away, which makes me think there is something in it. Nobody at Newcastle, none of the players understand what Steve Bruce is trying to tell them. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And the fact that, yeah, you're right. You're losing, you're playing badly. Extra, we do? extra training. Extra. Cancel training. Like, <laughs> work harder. <laughs> work harder, not work less. Um, <laughs> West Ham and Bournemouth are also... Gun in for the top four. They drew two all. No, nah, no, nah, sorry. Sorry, John. Stop you. They are. Sorry, that was a fact. They are. Yeah. West Ham, great. Yarmolenko's back. Happy. Great goal again. Is Yeah, great goal again. And West Ham are exciting. I don't want to talk too much about West Ham. They're exciting. I'm enjoying it. Yeah. I'm going to what, wait till another week when they, when they actually win. Is there ever a more pointless football club than Bournemouth? Oh, no, I'm totally on board. I hate Eddie Howe. It's just, there is no, there's no future. <laughs> There's just now. There's oh, just been, been doing now. it for a few seasons. What again. have you been doing? Being in around eight. <laughs> <laughs> they've just been doing now. Like they've got no plan. There's no there's no investment. There's no new stadium. There's nothing on the cards. Oh. It's just 
it, like he is master. I heard someone say you don't this like week, Eddie Howe. Either, no, the, do you? well, the thing is, uh, like, I don't hate him as much as John, but I, I, feel, I feel like <laughs> there's a lot um, of hate there. Though. Yeah. I don't. Hate, I do hate him, but, but not not as much as John. I think that's the benchmark. Okay. You haven't got a voodoo doll. But I, I heard someone say this week that Eddie Howe is is well practiced in keeping Bournemouth in the Premier League, and I thought, you fucking aspirationless pieces of turd burger. Like, is that it? Like you're going to be well versed in keeping a team in the Premier League. What a depressing state of state of affairs! But that, that is. probably is their ambition. We've talked about then, teams then you're like a that. Waste. that you're is, a waste. They're waste not a, a big. They've never. You know, they don't have massive support. They don't have a massive stadium. Like th- this is it for Bournemouth. And like for a lot of clubs, maybe you know that's probably okay. I the d- fans I, have a good time. I don't agree. I think like you look at clubs that that you would say, I look at clubs like Brighton or like Norwich, Brighton are trying to play a different type of football, expansive, you know, they're looking up and going, what could we possibly achieve? Norwich are taking everyone by surprise. The Pookie train is, is well, obviously. Oh, I don't agree. Sitting... Like, but Eddie Howe, we... No, 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 no. I don't, I'm not saying I like Eddie Howe, no. but we criticise Eddie Howe because he only plays one way and he yeah. plays the Eddie Howe way and he never changes. So I do think that Bournemouth try and impose their style of play, but, and they've, I agree. They're not. They're happy with where they're at, but I just suppose. I mean, I'm I not. I'm not an. Just... I'm not an arch capitalist, and you don't have to. You know, get better every constant single growth. constant yeah. growth. Like they're. You know, I think Bournemouth play some. They play some good football. They start. Philip Billing was a great signing this year. They look. I mean, they're probably going to finish between tenth and sixth. I'm so fed up of it. I. Hate Eddie Howe, but disagree with you, Jeff. Because Bournemouth are doing a great. They're a small club, yeah, and they've never been there, so it's like, brilliant. This is big for them to even be a regular team. Okay, the... so, uh, so you, you we see. So this. what should so, they be aiming for? Let's change the conversation then. The next team I was going to talk about is Crystal Palace going for fourth. Now, Crystal Palace are the most boring team. You've got them in, in your league. fourth conversation because well, because I hate Crystal Palace. They're a point off the top four. They're ninth. They win 1-0 every week. Every yeah. week. They play dire, slow football. Score a penalty. Score a penalty. Milovic. Oh, he's also a very good penalty taker. He is a very good penalty taker, <laughs> Milovic. Being yeah. a Crystal Palace fan would be awful. Like, you just go and watch Roy Hodgson get wet in the rain, stand there, look like an old man, watch slow, turgid football, win 1-0. So Howe might do something every now and then. I can't stand Eddie Howe, and I can't stand the media's reflection of Eddie Howe, but at least it's fun. Like, there is no fun in Crystal Palace at all. I don't know, there is there is something very English about watching something so bleak <laughs> slightly achieve. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, like yeah. the la- it's like the last scene in Four Weddings and a Funeral, <laughs> when he's trying to... He's, Trying to, you know, bang that chick. <laughs> Was Andy McDowell? Yeah. Yes. Oh, you know, when he's standing Grant. there in the rain, Hugh Grant, he's like, oh, oh, oh can we have a kiss? You, but he just fumbles over telling her that he just sort of wants a bit of a cuddle. It, yeah. That is Crystal Palace. He, like it's it's an Englishman standing in the rain, <laughs> slightly trying to achieve something that's far beyond his his realm. Yeah. Uh, so there's something about that that I'm endeared to. I, I... Whereas, whereas, whereas Eddie Howe is like um, that bloke Tom Cruise in Days of Thunder. <laughs> that bloke. You know, you just you just want him to crash. Yeah, true. Uh, Crystal Palace will finish seventeenth. Yeah, but they will survive. Yeah. Um, does anyone have anything else on the Premier League before we go on to Rogers' Championship roundup? Uh, Liverpool one won one nil again. I. Do you know what I enjoyed about this game wasn't Liverpool and them finding a way to win. It was Chris Wilder. Yes. So Henderson, the Sheffield United goalie, made an error and let the ball basically go through his legs, and that meant Liverpool won the game. Which, like, it was only their only shot on target, I think. Like, yeah, Sheffield United did very well. They, but the thing I found fascinating, Chris Wilder was constantly active. He was talking to his staff like he. He is a really smart manager and he's constantly thinking and he was watching the game evolve and working out how he could change things to try and get a result. And I just, I really enjoyed that. I enjoyed watching him and I enjoyed then watching his team change the way that they were playing. He brought on, with such limited resources, he brought on a 34-year-old to make his Premier League debut. That's awesome. Who nearly got the equalising goal through a move that, 
were only brought about because he'd made that change and they you know changed they sort of went a bit more direct and I just I just really enjoyed that watching him and I, I think Sheffield United whilst they're probably still going to struggle are certainly adding to the Premier League this year largely because of him being such a good coach they haven't got any particularly good players he's got them all playing as a whole way way above that do you think what he said in the media afterwards about the goalie was good or bad and I'll tell you what he said he came out and said if Henderson who is on loan from Man United he said if this kid wants to be number one at Man United and wants to be England goalie he's got to save those he shouldn't have done that he's made an error he's got to be better than that is that okay to go that as he dug him out or as he worked out what his personality is like, this is what my opinion is, and gone, this guy will react well for me digging around in public. You'd hope so. You'd hope yeah. he, because if you get that wrong, it's horrible. So yeah. I'd certainly, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd give him the benefit of the doubt. I don't know the bloke. <laughs> and I don't know the kid. Yeah. So it's, it's 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 hard to say. <laughs> However, I think that Chris Wilder is nothing but consistent with digging players out. Yeah. So I feel like if you play for him, you, whether he knows the kid or not, yeah. the kid knows the bloke. Yeah. So you'd know that that's how you're going to get treated if you play at Sheffield United. That's so you either deal with it or you don't. So Liverpool unbeaten in 24 games now in which Van Dyke's featured in including winning the last 16 in a row yeah fi- finding, finding a way aren't they and I've also got to say that there is a there is a theory that the most important um, trait you can install in, in kids is resilience and if these kids want to develop in their footballing career then you might as well teach them resilience in a safe place which is if you yeah. dig out your own players you can have a chat about this afterwards and have a bit of a cuddle and that's okay and they're gonna, he's going to have to get used to it because if he is going to play for Mayard, if he is going to play for England, he's going to get dug out by the press where you don't have a cuddle afterwards. So teaching resilience at that age is actually something Chris Wilder is doing a, a favour to United for. Yeah, true. And we, well, actually, we know we're okay for goalies. Um, <laughs> it's the only thing we're doing all right. Um, but you just mentioned that uh, Liverpool have won 16 in a row. They, the record is 18 in a row. Next week, they play Leicester at home, which I think is going to be a brilliant game, Liverpool against Leicester. Um, I reckon it might be a bit of a... Oh, you're so English. Oh, I know, but Leicester oh, it's, aren't... Leicester's it's away, Leicester, no, but just that Leicester's away form isn't so good. They'll give Liverpool opportunities, Liverpool will win. Who did they play a few weeks ago, Leicester, that they really underachieved? United, United. Uh, away at Old Trafford. Yeah. That'll teach them a lesson. I think Leicester have got something in this game. Um, Ross, do you have a championship update for us? I don't really know. I how how are Leeds doing? Stoke. Leeds doing last right? week. All, uh, all I was going to say about Stoke was they are doing horribly. Yeah, they lost again this morning. They've got the most expensively assembled squad in Championship history. Wow! They should be friends with Man United. Uh, and they're just doing horribly. Their their um, coach is a guy called Nathan Jones, who came from Luton and did really well at Luton. Brought them up from. Conference League Two into League One, and they were going to get promoted to the Championship. And the Stoke job came up, and he was offered the job, and he took it. Um, and they're doing terribly. He was interviewed on the radio this morning, and it was it was almost heartbreaking to listen to. He's, he's won like, four in thirty. Yeah, he's won four games in thirty, but he was just like, I've let everyone down. I've let the club down. I've done this i left a club where i was safe and i've bought my wife here bought my family here oh my god bought all my f- staff with me and i'm letting everyone down and i don't know what to do and it, like it was heartbreaking on the radio he just like it was just completely just going i'm fucked up sorry was it was the next bloke on camera chris wilder going if he wants to be the manager <laughs> uh but no i yeah no i've got nothing more than I just yeah it, I just really worry for them in terms of yeah. I think they could be the next plane that crashes. Ashley Williams still playing? He's playing for Bristol City now. Yeah. Oh, you're kidding he me! He actually started at the weekend. We had a three all with um, Preston. Three all. That's quite typical Ashley Williams. It is. Yeah. Uh, but the championship is, um, as per usual, great. And so Leeds Leeds have lost uh, dropped a couple of points recently. They lost. Uh, so it's all squeezed up, and we're talking about you know four points between the top eleven teams. Yeah. So it's just usual championship, and it's it's great. Best Bristol City still haven't lost since the opening day against Leeds, so they're they're up there, even though we have got a few um, big injuries. So I'm uh, yeah, no, I'm in, I'm enjoying the ride, but I don't have any. Uh, uh, 
optimism? You know, well, no, no, just any uh, insight into the championship this week because I think that just got left on there from last week. Okay, good one. <laughs> um, does anyone have any side stories? I got one, especially for you. Oh, go on. Um, I think it was earlier this year you talked about Martin Odegaard. Yes, he's gone on loan to Real Sociedad. Oh, yeah, yeah, but you talked about him being crap. The most yeah. under- underwhelming know. Real Madrid signing of all time. Yeah. yeah, and he went over there as a 15-year-old. Uh, he's created more chances than anybody else in La Liga this year, whilst on loan at Sociedad. Uh, and I was I just watched the highlights of Sevilla and Sociedad. So the, obviously the big game in La Liga at the weekend was... Um, Madrid derby. The Madrid derby, which was a real fizzer. Um, but then Sociedad and Sevilla was amazing. 3-2 uh, to Sevilla. But Odegaard's assist in this game is well worth looking up. Absolutely brilliant yeah. pass. Uh, looks really good. Yeah, like I said, best, best player in the world. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I um, I just saw that. And, and yeah, he's it. doing really well. Sociedad is fifth in the Liga. Um, and there's one two points between the top six, which is just more fun than Real Madrid and Barcelona running away with it as normal. Did you see the goal from the Barcelona youth team player this no. week? Yes. I haven't seen this. Yes, I did. What's yeah. his name? I don't know. Is it Fatty? Uh, I, no, 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 not that guy. Uh, another one, but yeah. it's amazing. Okay. It's like a, it's kind of like a take the piss in the playground goal. He can't believe bit. he's done it. Yeah. He kind of takes it in off, if I'm thinking of the same one, he takes it off the right, kind of shimmy, 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 nutmeg, kind of, Jumps round, round the, a player. jumps round the player, finds himself in front of the player. He was just behind. Back heel. Yeah, back heel. Back heel. <laughs> it's amazing. It's just it's outrageous. Like, it's, it's a FIFA guy. Yeah, it's just and you, and you look at his face and he doesn't even know that he's just like, it's just like, how did I achieve that? <laughs> um, have you got any side stories, Jeffa? No, no. Well, I've got a couple of um, random French ones. Did you see the Nice player who signed recently from Ajax for a lot of money, Dolberg? He lost his watch. Stefan Dolberg? Yeah, yeah. He lost his watch um, in the changing rooms like after a game. Couldn't find it or whatever. Turns out one of the youth players stole it and they fired him. <laughs> no. Yeah, a kid. Wow. It's a £62,000 watch. Like... £62,000. I mean, did they let sorry, the kid that keep... deserved to be stolen. <laughs> Who needs a watch that costs that much Did they money? let the kid keep the watch? No, they fired him. No, they fired him. Yeah, I get it. But did he get to keep the watch? Because <laughs> I, I mean, so. you can get another job in football, but sixty thousand pounds is quite a lot in Euros. <laughs> yeah. That's quite a lot. Yeah, no. So they fired a player. Wow. So, wow. Um, and the the last you and Dolberg, you just let him keep. You go fuck. Like you come would. On. You yeah, really would. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's only a kid. That. Yeah, just have the watch. Yeah, you buy him a five thousand pound watch. Is say so have this yeah. one. Um, Leon's game in France was moved to earlier in the day so that Chinese fans could watch it. And the Leon, like... What? So the Chinese audience wanted to watch the game, apparently. So they moved the kickoff, so it was more... But like moved it last Sorry, minute. Sorry, I've got... Sorry, is there, like, a single spokesman for Chinese audience? How do I, they know well, that? Well, yeah. <laughs> and why Leon? I don't... I don't. <laughs> Come on, John, give us the answers. <laughs> I don't know the in-depth parts of this they story. They just call someone up and go, hello, I represent the Chinese audience. Can yeah. you please play the game at 12.30 so we're all awake? I presume... Chinese have paid a lot of money for TV rights, so mm. the game gets moved. So it's like one in the afternoon or whatever, and the Leon fans are upset about this. They're just like, oh, well, that's not when we wanted to play. So what they organised is for the whole one end to have a massive banner, because they knew it was going to be on Chinese TV, that said, free Tibet. So oh, <laughs> yeah, it so covered the whole thing. And it was just this huge banner that said, free Tibet, and oh, they just held... I love so that. I sorry I was so aggressive at the beginning of this story, John, because that is my favourite thing you've said today. It was yeah, brilliant. I know, I saw that. I was just like, that's the best. Yeah, great. Um, are we all done? So is it time for end game? End game. So just as an update, at the end of each uh, shed, we pick a game and two of us have to guess the players that played in that game. And if you won the previous week, it's your turn to pick the game. So Jeff's winning 2 nil nil. 2 nil nil. And so you have to pick a game, and Rog and I have to pick a people that played in it. If we get it right, we get another go. If we lose, that's if we get it wrong. They came on as a sub. Yeah, if they came yeah. on as a sub, you get another go. If you get it right, you move <coughs> on to the next person. So does everyone? Are you clear with the rules? We're clear with the rules. You're both clear with the rules. Okay. Yeah. The you, we can't go too old school. We have to pick yeah. a game that's relevant. Right. Oh, who's going first? 
uh, as the biggest loser, which is Rog, I think John gets to go first. Yes. Um, Wait do a minute, you, that doesn't make sense. No, <laughs> no, I, I don't I'm game master. Right. Yeah. Just suck it up. Um, so Leicester are pretty good at the moment. Yes. So what I did is I, I went back to a time where Leicester were really good. Ooh. 2015-2016 when Leicester, Leicester won the league. Yeah. There was a game in that season where Man City were only three points behind Leicester. Yeah. And Leicester won. Do you remember? Yes. This was the game where everyone thought, okay, well, this is it. It's over. It's over. I think yep. it was in January. Yeah. It's over. If, if City are going to beat Leicester, they'll be even on points. It's, it's all over. But Leicester won that game 3-1. Do you remember it? Yep. It was exciting. It was a pretty great game of football. So I've picked that game. Okay. Jamie Vardy. John's go. Jamie Vardy. Jamie Vardy. Correct. Uh... Are we just going Leicester players? No, no, any, any players from any uh, team. Kante? Correct. Wes Morgan? Correct. Uh, Danny Drinkwater? Correct. Kasper Schmeichel? Correct. <laughs> There's a whole Man City team. Uh, David Silva? Correct. Um, oh, this is as deep as it's ever got. Christian Fuchs. Oh, John, correct. Wow. <laughs> no way he wasn't even a regular <laughs> starter. I started every game, left back. Um, oh, I, should, I should be going. We should go back to Man City, shouldn't we? Um, Aguero. Correct. Um, Mark Albrighton. <sighs> Correct. <laughs> uh, I know you're both still in it, but John, you've been most impressive. Most impressive. <laughs> Bravo. Bow, bow. Yeah. Oh, what? Who was in goal? Who was in goal? Joe Hart. Oh, oh. yes. Yes. Excellent performance. This is the best game ever. Absolutely excellent Okazaki. Okazaki was up front. A few surprise inclusions. Who were the other players? Yaya Torre was playing for Manchester City. Fabian Delph, Fernandinho, Raheem Sterling, Zabaleta, you could have all got. Um, Kolarov, Otamendi. um, Danny Simpson, you could have got. Um, Yeah, there were a lot lot of good players left over. Amazing game. Amazing game of football. Just so you know, it was was 3-1... Um, and he scored the goals. Vardy got two, didn't he? Hoof scored the first goal. Oh, Hoof! That was the other. Oh, yeah, yeah. sent it back. Hoof and great game, Rog. Still on Neil Poir. Oh dear. Well, that was excellent. Thanks, Jeffer. That means it's. Oh, I've got to do the game next week. I don't get to play again. You're going to play every week, Rog. <laughs> Probably. This. Yeah, it's not going so well, is it? Um, does anyone have anything before we go? No, it's great no. to give it back in the shed. Thanks for listening, everyone. Hopefully, you can hear this, and hopefully, the recording has worked fine. Otherwise, we've wasted. Otherwise, you're week. fired, John. Yes. Um, well, no, you're not really, because otherwise we'd have to do it. Then we get it wrong every week. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, don't forget, if you want to get in contact, ask us any questions or tell us we're wrong about anything, um, find us on Facebook or just shoot us an email at footballshedpodcast at gmail.com. Or maybe a new game suggestion that I'm better at. No. 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 <laughs> Definitely not. Thanks, everyone. See, See ya. ya.